12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3, 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham. Time for our Australia update where we check in on the latest headlines from down under with Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist who's all the way in Brisbane. Jason, how are you today? Good to speak to you, Adrian. I can't believe it's almost a year that we've been doing these Australian updates as I come to you from my house in beautiful Brisbane. Yeah, time certainly flies when you're talking about what's happening in Australia. But, you know, Jason, vaccination has been a focal point of our conversation over the last 12 months or so. Australia's biggest state, New South Wales, has reached 90% double vaccination, but low vaccination rates and tough rules have raised concerns in Queensland. What's happening with the different states? Well, overall, Adrian, we've done a great job here in Australia to catch up to the rest of the world in terms of vaccination. You know, over the past few months, we've spoken about how Australia was one of the worst uh, developed countries in its vaccination rollout. But over the last couple of months, uh, Australia's really picked up the slack, particularly the state of New South Wales, where you'll find Sydney. Now, 90% of its population aged 16 and over vaccinated against COVID-19, double dose. Uh, Canberra, where the Australian Capital Territory is, it's also above 90%. The whole country, in fact, is around 81, 82%, which is a remarkable effort given where we were just, say, three or four months ago. But concerns about Western Australia, concerns about Queensland, where I am, because uh, those double vaccination rates are below 70%, which is just not good enough. And, you know, the state of Queensland, where I am, they've said that once the state borders open on the 17th of December, unless you're double vaccinated and you can prove it, you won't be able to go into certain venues like restaurants, cafes and bars. So this, as you'd imagine, has caused a a lot of uh, friction, a lot of conflict. People aren't happy about it. But uh, the Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk, the Premier of Queensland, believes this is the best way forward as, you know, we've hardly had any COVID-19 here in the state of Queensland. The same you can speak about in Tasmania and Western Australia. So I guess they're trying to make uh, measures that will make uh, people get vaccinated before that magic date of the 17th of December when the state borders will uh, open, especially between New South Wales and Queensland. Yeah, I'm sure you're looking forward to that as well, Jason. But also, you know, just to see those images of Australians enjoying life once again and getting back to normal as well, given how hard it has been over the last year. Let's talk a little bit about Australian companies how they've fed over the last 12 months. They've avoided collapsing during the COVID-19 pandemic. Treasurer Josh Frydenberg um, has taken credit for this. What more can you tell us about Mr. Frydenberg and how he's dealt with the companies during this incredibly difficult time? Yes, a lot of people feared for the worst, you know, when uh, the pandemic began uh, early last year. And uh, we had all these sort of support packages in place for businesses, including something called uh, JobKeeper, which allowed small businesses to keep their employees because they got money from the government to pay their employees. And I mean, amazingly, we've actually seen fewer businesses close during the pandemic than we did in in 2019 before the pandemic began. And Treasurer Josh Frydenberg says that uh, the new data shows that Australia has been able to successfully ride the pandemic. The number of trading businesses in the Australian economy actually grew by 3.8% in the last year, despite a wave of lockdowns. And, you know, people who have come to Australia and done work here, they know it's very hard to make money in Australia, given how expensive things are, the high taxation, labour costs and all that. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how convincing 
or how convinced everybody is about the healthy state of the Australian economy, because a lot of businesses are just hanging on by their fingertips. But certainly when you look at the data now, we've done a lot better than we thought. And the treasurer, Josh Frydenberg, he's a, a proud Victorian, so he's enjoying freedoms uh, in his hometown of Melbourne now. He has uh, seen new opportunities for business as Australia sees the upside of recovery. We've got that booming you know, real estate market. Interest rates are still at a, that historical low. So yeah, on the surface, things are going pretty well economy-wise. So let's see how things go as we head into 2022. And another topic that has come up because of the COVID-19 pandemic is uh, multiple people have resigned from their jobs. Australia is suffering a worker shortage as well. They need around 100,000 people or so to fill hospitality and tourism jobs. Two industries that have been battered by the COVID-19 pandemic. How is the nation going about this? Well, Adrian, it's estimated that there are currently 100,000 hospitality jobs currently vacant. And this is obviously a big issue as Australia opens up again. And we've had a lack of uh, foreign workers coming into Australia because the international borders have been closed. So this is an issue that is being felt here in the sunshine state of Queensland. It's being felt in New South Wales as, uh, you know, the states of Australia head towards the summer. Also in, in uh, Victoria, the Melbourne, with uh, all the, the great international sport coming up. So, you know, the cafes are opening, the restaurants are opening, but it's very, very hard for them to get staff and hold on to staff. And it's been calculated that this could mean 20% rise in the cost of a cup of morning coffee or a cost of a cocktail at the bar. Because of these worker shortages, you know, they're going to have to pay workers more and those costs will be handed down to the consumer. Yeah, very interesting as well how uh, the country is going about uh, recruiting these many people to fill gaps in these industries. Jason, away from the hospitality and tourism industries, a couple of mysteries have gripped the nation. First up, Cleo Smith recovered safe and well in Western Australia. The four-year-old before she was found, there was... A lot of noise coming out of Australia about how she disappeared, where she could have been. I remember we briefly talked off air about this incident and if she would ever be found. Now, how did Australia react to the news, first of all, that she was found and also her family? Well, Adrian, this was a miracle. No one expected uh, that Cleo Smith, the four-year-old who was abducted from a campsite in the northern part of Western Australia, would ever be found again. But she was found 18 days after she vanished uh, from uh, Carnarvon, which is uh, north of Perth. And amazingly, they tracked her down to a house not far away from where she was abducted. It was a hunch that the police had. I think they looked at security cameras and uh, 36-year-old Terence Darrell Kelly was charged with kidnapping offences. He was flown to a maximum security prison in Perth. But now detectives are trying to work out whether he had help, whether there was another person who worked on this um, abduction. It's a story that's really captivated the whole nation. Uh, The Daily Mail Australia has reported that police were investigating whether a woman had helped care for Cleo during the abduction. Again, she was found in this house. Police broke into the house and got Cleo out. We've seen video of that. It's very, very touching. But this story, captivating Australia. It's uh, one of the mysteries that we've seen solved in the last few days. As you mentioned there, Jason, you said it perfectly. It is a miracle. Jason, another story is about the drug dealer Mustafa Baluch, who is found hiding in a truck to Queensland. And what exactly happened here? Yeah, what a story this was. Mustafa Baluch, he had actually cut off his ankle 
tracking device on October the 25th when he was out on bail. He's alleged to have been part of a plan to import 270 million Australian dollars of cocaine from Ecuador. So he was on the run. Police pulled over a truck as it crossed the Queensland border. They knocked on the shipping container the truck was transporting and uh, it knocked back. And then they opened it up and they found him hiding in a Mercedes four-wheel driver. You know, this is uh, one of the most wanted men in Australia and he's been caught. He's back in custody and he's uh, expected uh, to stay there in Southport on the Gold Coast. So it's uh, a big story and they're going to try and extradite him back to the state of New South Wales. Uh, You know, this is the sort of thing that you'd expect to see in a Netflix TV series. Yeah, he thought he could get away, but the authorities had other ideas. We're in conversation with Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist, all the way in Brisbane. Jason, it's a big week for Australian sport. Let's start with the cricket, the T20 World Cup. Australia will play Pakistan later today. What's the mood in the country? Because Australian cricket has gone through many hardships in recent years, but they've uh, you know got a pretty good chance heading to the the business end of the tournament. Yeah, the Australian cricket team, of course, uh, you know, has been a dominant force in years past, but we've had some leaner times in recent years. And this is the T20 World Cup, 20 overs World Cup per side. And Australia had a kind of a mixed uh, group stage. We lost uh, to England. We beat South Africa and the West Indies was the most recent victory. But now facing up to the unbeaten Pakistan in the, in the T20 World Cup coming up uh, tonight. And yeah, I think the Australians... Uh, yeah, reckon we have a reasonable chance. Of course, we've never won the T20 World Cup. We've won the 50-over World Cup. Uh, that's, we've won that, uh, you know, a few times. But uh, T20 cricket, you know, it's like the IPL in India. It's something that Australians have yet to master. What about football, Jason? Australia will take on Saudi Arabia in a World Cup qualifier. Now, this is at a full-capacity Olympic stadium in Sydney. Is there a case of concern? Because there'll be so many people there. But also, how excited are you to see Australia play Saudi Arabia? This is a big deal. It's the first time the Socceroos have uh, played a home match in two years. And this is the AFC qualifying for the 2022 World Cup. Singapore was part of that, of course, didn't get to this stage. So Australia is facing up to Saudi Arabia at the uh, Olympic Stadium in Sydney. We are expecting close to a full house, uh, something we haven't seen in sporting events in Sydney. Saudis are actually a really good team. They're top of the group. Australia last time out went to Japan, lost 2-1 to the Japanese away. Uh, You know, a couple of players are out. Aaron Moy, former Premier League midfielder, is out. Tom Rogic, who plays for Celtic, is out. So not going to be easy for the Aussies, but generally they do well at home, especially against teams from uh, the Middle East, from West Asia, who don't tend to play so well away home. So I'm confident Australia can get a result tonight. They need it if they want to qualify for the 2022 World Cup. Yeah, Saudi Arabia was in Singapore's group, but unfortunately, Singapore didn't progress to the next stage. Also, rugby, Jason, the Wallabies prepared to face England at Twickenham after losing to Scotland. Do you think they're going to, they have a pretty good chance to bounce back against a strong English side? Yeah, the England side is coached by Eddie Jones. He's an Australian who used to be the coach of the Wallabies. A bit embarrassing, actually, because we lost to Scotland 15-13 at the weekend. Could have gone either way. 
The French referee didn't help, uh, to be honest, but that was the third consecutive loss for the Australians against Scotland, which is not very, very good. Before that, the Aussies were on a good run of five consecutive victories against the likes of uh, South Africa and Argentina. Uh, you know, so overall, I guess the Wallabies are improving, but uh, I think uh, beating England at Twickenham on Saturday night is a bit too tough for them. I expect England to win that game quite comfortably. Yeah, looking forward to that game as well. Just before uh, we wrap up this segment, let's talk about the record rain predicted for Australia's East Coast. Uh, one month rainfall in three days. That is a lot of rain. It really is. You know, we saw record rainfall in Western Australia and that same weather system is moving across the country uh, in New South Wales and where I am in Queensland, a lot of rain. So it could be, you know, we get a month's rain in three days and there are sort of alerts about flooding. You know, we've had bushfires over the last couple of years, but now we've got, uh, you know, heavy, heavy rain. So it's very, very green where I am in Queensland, but it has been raining a lot uh, this week. And it's a very kind of damp and uh, cool spring, not so hot anymore uh, in Queensland. So, yeah, it's always fun to see the weather in Australia. We have, uh, you know, we have everything here. We have snow, believe it or not. Yes, we have snow. We have heat waves. You know, we have heavy rain, hail. We've seen hail. So uh, it's very, very exciting that the weather systems across the world's biggest island, the smallest continent. That's uh, the great southern land of Australia. Yeah, the weather in Singapore is also quite unpredictable. But no snow. We've been in conversation with Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist, all the way out in Brisbane. Catching up on the latest headlines from down under. Jason, always a pleasure to speak to you. Have a great rest of the week and we'll catch up soon. Thank you very much, Adrian. Just finally, I should tell all the listeners out there that Julia Roberts and George Clooney have just arrived in Queensland in the Sunday Islands there, shooting a new romantic comedy that's uh, coming out soon. It's called Ticket to Paradise. So maybe those Singaporeans can get that Ticket to Paradise to uh, Queensland once the borders uh, reopen, the international borders for tourists very soon. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.